0: Hey there, it's Pat Miller, the Idea Coach, host of The Pat Miller Show. This show is for small business owners so they can make their business dreams come true. Our slogan is don't grow it alone. And what you're going to hear is a broadcast of our show that's carried in 25 cities around the country. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Hope you love it. All right, let's go. <laughs>
1: America's Small Business Conversation
0: is on the air.
1: It's the Pat Miller Show. One hour exclusively for entrepreneurs to work on your business, not in it. It's time to solve problems, capture opportunities, and celebrate your wins. Powered by the Idea Collective small business community. This is the Pat Miller Show. Now your host... Pat Miller, The Idea Coach.
0: Welcome to The Pat Miller Show, America's small business conversation. I'm Pat Miller, The Idea Coach. So glad you're back here with us again this week so we can continue to collaborate and grow our businesses together. On today's show, we are going to talk about networking, especially if you're not really into networking. Because if you're an introvert, like you're kind of comfortable not being around a bunch of people. That doesn't change the fact that you still need to network and meet people for your small business to grow. So we're bringing on a self-identified introvert to share how she has won the networking game. Elisa Ruhr has some tips for you. We will also kind of lean into the idea that this is Memorial Day weekend with one extra day off. So maybe we should be turning our attention to taking time off over the summer. So how can we strategize and how can we automate our business so we can take time off? Our guest today, Angie Knoll, will share the clockwork system. It helped her take a month off of her business, a month of no work. Could you imagine? We'll talk to Angie later in the show. And, oh my gosh, big time, one of our keynote speakers for the Idea Collective Small Business Conference presented by Bank 5-9 coming up in November, one of our keynote speakers is on the show today. Megan Riley is the co-founder and CEO of Tippy Toes, which is a string of dance studios all across the country. She's our keynote speaker because she went on Shark Tank. And turned Mark Cuban down. She's going to share at the retreat her lessons from Shark Tank and how that entire experience made her a better business owner. She'll also be the keynote at our retreat in November. So you'll get a chance to meet her later on in the show. We're going to start the show with the most wonderful, magical maybe intoxicating word in the small business universe. So you ready for it. This word is just so beautiful. That word, referral. Oh, man, aren't referrals the best? When you get a referral, you just know that you're having a good day. But referrals can be kind of tough to manufacture. There's a way that you can get close to it, but it's tough to manufacture referrals. So let's talk about why they're great, and then we'll talk about how to get more of them. So referrals are great for your business, and they're just so intoxicating because you're basically getting the hottest lead you can imagine. Someone that you've worked with before is telling someone else not only that they should use you, but they are endorsing you. I worked with Pat Miller and he did this for me, and you should use him too. That's the hottest lead that you could possibly imagine. The other reason why referrals are great is that there's no customer acquisition cost. If you're out there marketing and advertising, you can see your ad spend and how many leads you got from that ad spend and compute how much it costs you to go get a new customer. Well, with a referral, hello. No cost whatsoever. And then the third reason why referrals are great is because it continues the relationship with someone who you've already done business with. You kind of keep that relationship fresh and it gives you another reason to get in touch with them and love up on them. So you keep up your relationships. There's no customer acquisition cost and it's the hottest lead you can imagine. That's why referrals are great. But building a referral program can be very frustrating because many referral programs lead to revenue sharing or some sort of cookie that someone gets if they refer them to you. It just can get sloppy and it's hard to track and how much do you give away and it can be tough to build one of those. So let's do the next big thing. The next big thing is to build your testimonial program. Now. The difference between a referral and a testimonial, a referral is, hey, Bob, you should use Pat because I did and he's great. Okay, but a testimonial is, hey, universe, you should use Pat because I did and he's great. Now, it's not a direct referral, but it is an endorsement and they are super valuable because they can go anywhere that you need them to be. So how do you build a great testimonial program? The first thing you should do is be really sensitive around the timing when you ask for a testimonial. Someone taught me that you should ask for the testimonial as close as you can to the oh wow event of your service. So let's say someone hired me to host a brainstorming session for their team. And I know from experience that when we get together in a room and do the brainstorming, if it goes well, right afterwards, the client is just levitating. They feel like the smartest person on the planet because they brought you in to do the thing. That's the time to ask for the testimonial. Traditionally, we're taught that testimonial is part of the follow-up process after they pay their bill and everything is all completed and dusted and put away that may be true, but you're way far away from the oh wow moment. Whereas if you ask them for a testimonial on the day that you blew their mind, what are they going to say? Oh my God, Pat Miller blew my mind. And someone in the future that read that would say, wow, Pat Miller blows minds. It is a different tone. They'll use different words. It'll be a lot more electric. Always ask for the testimonial as close to the transformative experience that you provide as possible. Here's the next thing that people get wrong when it comes to asking for testimonials. They will use their CRM. They will use an automated form. They will ask everyone the same way because it's part of this standardized process. Don't do that. Don't do that. If someone says something nice about you in an email, immediately reply and say, hey, can I quote you on that as a testimonial? If you're talking with someone on a Zoom and they're just going on and on about how great you are, ask them, hey, would it be okay? Could I record part of this meeting and then use what you're telling me as a testimonial? Basically, make it as easy for them to give you a testimonial as possible. And usually that's them saying good stuff about you when they don't think they're giving you a testimonial. You capture it. And it can be done in all sorts of ways. You go out for lunch and someone says a bunch of nice stuff. Go back to your computer, type it up in a paragraph, and email it to the person and say, hey, I captured the stuff you said today at lunch. Could I quote you on this and send them the paragraph? 99 times out of 100, they're going to say, absolutely, no problem. So make it easy and ask for the testimonial as close to the transformative time as possible. Two more ways to get better testimonials, which are almost as good as referrals. Celebrate them. Whenever possible, take their testimonial and put it on social media, but don't just talk about what you did for them. Talk about why you like to work with them. I worked with Sally Johnson. She's an inspiration on these things. Her products are amazing. And here's what she said about working with me. Don't make your use of the testimonials all about you. Celebrate the client while they are celebrating you. And here's the last one when it comes to getting great testimonials. After it happens, when they least expect it, blow their mind. Surprise and delight them with a gift, a handwritten card, a thoughtful something. It doesn't have to be expensive, but it has to be thoughtful. Do that for them when they take their time and their credibility and put it on the line to tell the universe they should work with you. Referrals, they're great, but they're kind of hit or miss. They either come or they don't. But testimonials, they can be built. Hopefully these ideas will help you build a better testimonial program. All right, let's move forward with the program. In a bit, we're going to talk about taking an extended time period off from the business, a big old vacation. Angie Noel is going to teach us how she took 30 days off from her business. But coming up next, we're going to talk about networking for introverts with Elisa Ruwer. next on The Pat Miller Show.
1: America's small business conversation continues next
0: on The Pat Miller Show.
2: Are you a woman who needs to protect and grow your business? Or do you have a secret dream to start one? I bet you do. If you don't have a lawyer on your side, you may be putting your family and personal assets at risk. I know, I know. You might be avoiding lawyers because they seem overwhelming or intimidating. That's why you have to meet the team at Athena Legal Solutions, LLC.com. This all-woman team of talented lawyers are the most approachable, knowledgeable, and friendly team, you'll ever meet. They exist solely to support women business owners who often go without the legal support they truly need. In 2023, they want to help 223 women create a solid legal foundation for their business. The first 100 women who mention this ad will receive over $100 off of their LLC starter package. Visit Athena Legal Solutions LLC.com.
1: Now, America's Small Business Conversation continues
0: on The Pat Miller Show. This is America's Small Business Conversation, The Pat Miller Show. You know me. I'm Pat. Welcome back. We're going to do a small business celebration right now, which is our chance to stop the world and recognize on something good that happened to someone who's a part of our show. And the reason why we do it is we want to celebrate with them because that's just good vibes and good karma and all that. But we also want to do that so we can learn from them so we can find success, too. Our guest today is Elisa Ruer, founder and CEO of Practice Law. She's here to celebrate. Let's say hello. Elisa, great to see you. How are you today?
3: Good. Nice to see you again, Pat.
0: Glad you're here. I love doing small business celebrations. What are we celebrating today?
3: We're celebrating that for someone who's an introvert and hated networking, that it has become so integral to our firm and has become fun, I actually look forward to it, that I think it's taking a negative and making it into a positive. And it's one of the best parts of my job right now.
0: An introvert claiming that networking is the best part of your job. Holy cats. How long have you been networking? Is this two, three months, a year? Like How long has this strategy been in place?
3: So I would say about four years. The first year was rough and the second year was better, but the last two years are the reason that our firm is doing
0: so well. Okay. So how do you go from an introvert to a networker that uses it as a core piece of your business strategy?
3: Well, I had been in the corporate world, so I never had to bring in my own business. And then when I went out on my own, I realized I'd have to get out there so people know who you are. And I basically went to a couple networking events and it just did not go well. And I always tell, tell people the story about when I was learning how to do real estate closings, you would follow another attorney. And I remember being with Bob Sylvester, who's since passed away, great attorney. And I watched him for a week. And then he watched me do one. And I remember we got in the hall and he said, you did terrible. And I was so <laughs> mortified. He said, you're not me, Elisa. You have to be you. And so I started being me. He watched me do the next four. And suddenly I was amazing at them. It went great. I had a great time. Because it was me. I wasn't trying to copy him. So when I started networking, I was kind of watching the other people and seeing what they were doing, and it just wasn't working. And I remembered leaving one of the events, and it was a breakfast event, and I was in the car and thought, for some reason, that came back to me like, maybe I should just be me hmm. and see how it works. Because people, not everyone's going to like you. Not everyone's going to love you. So you might as well just be you from day one and see where it goes. And the minute I did that, everything changed. And then once everyone starts to get to know who you are, then you can really see what the benefit of networking is. And for me, it's not getting busy. Everybody's got a lawyer. Let's be honest. Everybody's got two, three lawyers. (laughs) It's no problem. And if you had someone you've been working with, you should stay with them. But what it was, was I started meeting these incredible people and I started to see what they could do for my clients. You know, I'd have my business clients. they're starting a small business. It was great, right? We they'd buy a building or we'd draft contracts, we'd set them up. But then I'd start I'd meet somebody like a financial person and I'd realize I'd say, oh, they're too, you know, they want people only worth ten million dollars, and my client's worth fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. But then you'd start meeting and talking to people and they'd be like, I'll talk to them for you. and suddenly you're elevating your client base. So by using other people and referring my clients out to them, I was elevating my own clients. Hmm. To me, that was a huge thing. And then again, I did like another one. Anyone? I'm not out here to get business. People need a lawyer. They don't need a lawyer. It's okay. They, I'm always a good resource. People do call me all the time for when they need something and they have a quick question. But I can benefit my client base. And that's what's been the last, I have to say, probably 24 months is the number of people I've connected with that have benefited my client base mm-hmm. is tremendous. And that was, the minute I changed my thinking, it just, it was amazing.
0: That's really insightful. It's not just about getting business. It's about being a better part for your clients. We're talking with Elisa Ruwer, the founder and CEO of Practice Law, and we're celebrating with her about how she is now uh, doing great with networking despite being an introvert. So you made that mental shift. What else did you do to become more of yourself? Because I think it's a beautiful realization. When you say, I was showing up as someone else, now I'm showing up as myself. Can you think of any specific examples of how you're showing up just like you, not like someone else?
3: I think when I realized that really it was for the benefit of my clients, that everything changed. And so myself is listening, really listening to what people do. So there's all types of financial planners. There's all types of insurance people, all types of lenders. And I'd listen to them and really, really listen. And then I'd see what they did. And then I'd be able to network with them with my clients. So maybe this person, this lender, isn't the right fit for whatever reason, right? But it'd be a good fit for somebody else. And when I was doing that, I realized I'm not a good fit for everybody either. I mean, I there's a lot of people that work with me over and over again. There's some that work with me because they have to because I'm good at certain things. (laughs) And there's others that I see at events. I know they don't particularly like the way I operate. And that's fine. I respect that. So I think that once I realized that being myself was really my goal is to benefit my client base. And everybody knew that. It was very clear about it because you'd get somebody new in the group and I'd be like, well, what do you do? Explain it to me. And if I didn't get it, I'd make them explain it again because maybe they had something that would be of value to my client. Maybe not today or tomorrow, but in the future.
0: I would bet as you became more valuable for the people in your network, that's when you started to get more referrals. Was that the case?
3: It was really odd because there's a lot of people that I refer to that will never refer to me and I'm not giving referrals to you. That's why I've gotten kicked out of some groups and won't go into it. Oh <laughs> If you're the right fit, I'm going to refer to you, but I don't expect you to refer back to me. There's a lot of people I refer to that they're never going to need to refer to me or they're not going to, but they benefit my client. But the funny thing is because my clients know that I take care of them because I do, that they're referring people to me. So I do get a lot of referrals from my networking groups. I don't want it to sound like I don't, I do. But at the same time, I get a lot of referrals from my clients because they'll let their brother, their brother-in-law, whoever call me, Elisa may know somebody and then they'll call me and I'll connect them. I had somebody called me last night. I've helped him over the years with getting different parts and he says, I finally need you. Perfect, that's wonderful. I would have never gotten that had I not gone to some other networking event, learned about something to help another client who told you, And your neighbor told you it's just it's and the people who say, oh, it's the long game or the long term. It's not a game. It's just a matter of putting yourself out there. And learning what you can do to be better at your job or what you do, which I've learned a lot about that, too. I've learned a lot about what people like and don't like, but about how can you benefit
0: the people you're serving? It's also just about how do you want to be known and how do you do business? It doesn't have to be a game. It doesn't have to be a referral source. As my dad famously told me when I was a kid, be a good guy and good things happen, right? Just be a good guy. Be a good girl. Just be yourself if that's who you are and good things will happen from there. Well, an inspirational celebration for networking from Elisa Ruwer, founder and CEO of Practice Law. Congratulations on the growth of the firm, and thanks for coming on The Pat Miller Show.
3: Thank you. Have a good afternoon.
0: I just love that we're having conversations out loud about how introverts are different than extroverts because they are different. And you know what? They can business with the best of them They just have to do some stuff differently along the way. So, Elisa, thank you for sharing the information. I know you helped a bunch of people. Coming up on the show, we're going to talk about taking an extended time off from the business. Not because of health reasons or something bad happening, but planning it on purpose. What if this wasn't a three-day weekend? What if you were off for 30 days? Our next guest... Angie Noel did just that. We will ask her, how did you do that? And we'll learn from her coming up next on this edition of the Pat Miller Show.
1: America's small business conversation continues next
4: on the Pat Miller Show. Developing your business is a journey. So make sure and bring along a trusted sidekick. As your business grows, sidekick accounting will be there. Sidekick Accounting's core services help take the confusion out of bookkeeping, tax preparation, and tax planning. Who's going to keep track of all those pesky receipts and invoices? Well, Sidekick Accounting has things covered as you grow your version of business success. So whether your small business is a side hustle or a conduit to freedom and owning your own business in time, get in touch with a trusted Sidekick. Sidekick Accounting. There are expert advisors waiting to hear from you now. Feel free to call or send a text message to 414-310-7689. That's 414-310-7689. You can find them on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, or visit sidekick-accounting.com. Remember, developing your business is a journey, so bring along a trusted sidekick. Krista Morrissey for Choices Coaching and Consulting.
5: Do you know where most small businesses go wrong? They invest in everything except their leaders. But through strong leaders comes strong business. Are you doing it wrong? Most small businesses focus on production and numbers. Production and numbers come through strong, resilient leaders. And strong leaders strengthen culture. They strengthen your resiliency and they strengthen your bottom line. I develop strong, resilient leaders who will drive your business. It is time for you to refocus your investment. Go to ChoicesCoachingConsulting.com and let's you and I start the conversation now before someone else invests in your leaders. When you invest in your leaders, you invest in the bottom line of your business. Connect with Krista at ChoicesCoachingConsulting.com. Act now. Krista at ChoicesCoachingConsulting.com.
1: Now, America's Small Business Conversation continues
0: on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to the Pat Miller Show. This is America's Small Business Conversation. And if you're listening to the show on the weekend, working on your small business, not in it, I know that you're trying to make your dreams come true. The problem is when we're really focused on trying to make our dreams come true, we can slip up and get burned out. And we can kind of lose it for a minute and we could need a break. And I just want to paint a picture What if you could take a month off and everything worked the way that it should? Wouldn't that be epic? Well, we've got the person that can teach you how to do that on the air today. Joining us is Angie Knoll. She's a profit-first professional and the founder of Reconciled Solutions. Angie, welcome to the Pat Miller Show. How are you today?
6: I'm so excited to be here, Pat. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm excited to have you here because you're going to teach us something we need to know. Getting control back in our business. You're a big believer and a practitioner of Mike Michalowicz and what he teaches. He's got a system and a book called Clockwork. Is that what you use to get your business under control and go on a month-long vacation?
6: Yeah, I use the process, Mike's process, called Clockwork. Everything in your business happens. All the business processes happen within a month. We have to bill people. We have to collect for work completed. We have to pay bills and rent and payroll. We have to do business development activities. All of that tends to happen within a month cycle of of your business. And so clockworking your business means that you are going to set up all those processes to happen without your involvement and thereby clockworking and being able to declare your one-month vacation.
0: As a small business owner, that sounds A, impossible, and B, too good to be true. So how do we start thinking about making this a reality? Because you were able to do it. We need to know, how do we start installing, and what are some of the things that we would think about to get to that end point?
6: Well, I agree. It does seem like it's an impossible task. I mean, I just think of all the small business owners that are out there putting 70, 80, 100 hours a week on the job, and their concern is that if they walk away for a few minutes, everything collapses. It's a house of cards. And I definitely had that feeling. Um, My business has been around for 16 years, and I went through this clockwork process like two, three years ago. Right. So for the first 13 years, I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off and I can't keep up with everything. And I'm not doing the other things that makes me me. I just think that I'm just reconciled solutions at this point because I didn't have a chance to be anti and reconciled (laughs) solutions. So I decided I needed to clockwork the business. I'm a mother of three. I started my business um, with two littles on hand and I had a third child on my first year of business. I took a whole whopping week off to get used uh. to having that child in my life. And I was back at it because I thought things would fall apart if I didn't do it. So when I decided to clockwork the business, it was really just me putting putting my fist down and declaring that I deserve a one month vacation, that my kids deserve to have time with me uninterrupted, untethered, unmultitasking, and and get to know their mom that way. At this stage, my kids were entering their teenage years and they're really fun to go on vacation with. So the first thing I did to clockwork the business is declare it. Um, And I think that's a really important step,
0: Pat. Declare it. What do you mean by declare it? What does that mean?
6: So by declaring it, I mean that you have to let everybody know. You have to (laughs) put your fist down and say, hey, everyone, this is what I'm doing. So you're not only declaring it to the loved ones in your life that, hey, I'm going to take this one month vacation, but you're also declaring it to your business colleagues and associates and your clients And even letting them know that you're going to be able to do this and that their services or products will be uninterrupted even as you do that. So the scariest, one of the scariest things is just letting people know that I'm going to do this and sharing that information with them because it's a really scary endeavor.
0: So getting our head around it and then declaring to everyone is scary, but now we have to do the work. So what are the next steps? Is this a way of thinking? Is this a way of staffing? What are the action steps that get us from declaration to a month-long vacation?
6: I think there's about one to two years that happen from the time you've declared your one-month vacation to the time it actually happens and in that one to two years you have to sit down with your staff and map out every single process in the business so the first thing i would suggest starting with and and we've probably heard this activity in different ways before but it's called trash trim transfer and treasure it's to take a look at all your day-to-day activities what fills your calendar what overflows your calendar And decide on each of those activities, if this is an activity that could be trashed and your business would still do fine without it. If it's an activity that could be trimmed down and narrowed in focus, um, perhaps it could be transferred to somebody else on your team. And the last one is treasure. And that's probably the most important one. Um, Which activities do you treasure? You treasure the activities typically that you're the best at, that sing to your soul. And so that ends up being typically part of your queen bee role. The queen bee role of the company is something that's important, is is the purpose of the company. It's the purpose of the company. Um, And we all serve the queen bee. If I'm the owner, I serve the queen bee. If I'm the janitor, I serve the queen bee. Everybody has a part in serving the queen bee role.
0: We're talking with Angie Knoll, and this interview is especially for you. If you're burned out and overwhelmed and you need to make the business uh, something that's working in your favor that leads to a month-long vacation, we're talking about the clockwork system. And we've gone from declaration to the installation of some of these processes And you were leading into the queen bee role and how the queen bee role is the reason the business exists. How do you figure that out? Is that something that everyone knows you just need to distill, or is it something that can get lost in the shuffle?
6: Oh, it sure can get lost in the shuffle. It's hard to figure out what the queen bee role of the business is. One of the best ways to do it is to think back to when you very first began this business and what were your expectations and your dreams? Um, Those expectations and dreams are built on a foundation of purpose and what's important to you. And I think just tuning in to some of that purpose that we had when we first began is really powerful in identifying what it is that our business does that sets it apart. So it's identifying the sweet spot in the business where uh, our processes collide with our price and collide with the customers that we can serve the
0: best. All of that makes a lot of sense, but let's talk about the sweet finish. What were the results of going through all of this work clockworking the business and how did that feel?
6: Well, it was really scary. I have to tell you leading up to it, I was really scared. Um I got on my one month vacation and that was scary too cuz I'm a workaholic, <laughs> you know? And here I like wasn't supposed to be working. And I remember I sent Tatiana a couple of texts that were like, how are things, you know, this kind of text? And and she's like, leave me alone. I have work to do. I don't need to hear <laughs> from you. It was terrifying because I was so used to working so much and I was worried about it. So one of the things that I did, Pat, while I was on my one month vacation is I took my email, my Outlook, off my phone. So I had that iPhone, you know, tethered to my side, like so many people do. And um, very fearfully, I knew that email was the problem for me. But I would say if your problem is, you know, making phone calls or being on social media, take the social media app off your phone or, you know, switch to a burner phone so you can't call those people (laughs) The month. You know, you have to remove yourself from the business because by resting, we are really forcing ourselves into a higher level of thinking and presenting ourselves with new ideas that we never had time to think about before. So, that was one of the very most important and scariest things that I did was to turn off my darn email and not have it on my phone at my availability.
0: Now, think about that one month off from your business. It's possible if you use the clockwork system from Mike McCallowitz's book, Clockwork. Angie Knoll, she's a profit-first professional founder of Reconciled Solutions. Congratulations on your one month off, and thanks for joining us today on The Pat Miller Show.
6: Thank you. It was so great to be here.
0: You know, the Idea Collective Small Business Conference presented by Bank 5.9 is happening in early November, and one of our keynote speakers is Megan Riley. She started a children's dance studio, franchised it across the country, and turned down Mark Cuban on Shark Tank. We're going to talk to her next.
1: America's Small Business Conversation continues next
0: on The Pat Miller Show.
4: You have a brand. Your business's brand is one of the most important things on your plate. As a business owner... You keep up with the trends. So what's hot these days? It's live events. Owning your small business combined with speaking at live events positions you as the expert in your field. That's where Bankable Events comes into play. Bankable Events is an event advisory and management firm with a primary focus on maximum conversion events. With more than 4,000 live events under their belt, they have the expertise to design face-to-face events that get your audience pumped up and generate profits. The minute you partner with Bankable Events, they'll start creating a custom customized strategy to take you from idea to income. Just think of the opportunities ahead for you. Call 303-550-1123 or head to bankableevents.com. Join over 1000 other small business owners and CEOs who use Bankable Events to build community and drive revenue. That's bankableevents.com.
1: Now, America's Small Business Conversation continues
4: on the Pat Miller show. The Idea
0: Collective Small Business Conference is the event of the year, and we want you to join us. How about we talk with one of our keynote speakers? Megan Riley joins us now. Megan, great to see you. Thanks for coming on the Pat Miller Show.
7: Pat, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm looking forward to our conversation and to meeting
0: your community. You get to come give your keynote to us, lessons from Shark Tank, how to be successful at anything. So if someone comes to the conference and they get to hear your keynote, what are we going to walk away with?
7: I feel like if someone's going to be at a conference, they need to walk away with something. And so, bringing high value—if I'm coming, having the pleasure to come speak it's very important to me. So when people come to to my keynote, we are going to—they're going to leave with three three key points, and that is the power and the importance of focus. Of being aware of your priorities and mindset. And we dive into all three of those topics. Um, and those are three things that I took away from my experience on Shark Tank. I got a deal, we had multiple sharks wanting to make offers. Um, and this was back in season two. And I took time after that experience to really reflect, like, why did this work for, for me? Why did why did this happen? How did this, how did this all come together? To play. And I really studied it. And then I continued to see these three things pop up day in and day out. And what's really cool is these three things focus priorities and our mindset, it comes into play in business, in our relationships, in everyday life. And so they're the, they're the type of lessons you can, um you can apply to everything, I apply it to almost every decision I make in business. And that is why it's so tactical. It's like, we we dive into each one of these topics, the importance of focus, like as a business owner, people can get so sidetracked that you're asked to be pulled in all these different directions, you're asked to wear every hat. And if you do that, you're going to find yourself lost, there is such value in focus. Next, we dive into priorities. Again, there are, you know, when you're leading a company, or you're trying to grow a company, there are moments when you think everything is important. But if you follow that track, you are going to be down, you're going to be spread thin, and you're not going to really be moving towards the things you need to move to. Um, so we talk about priorities and the importance of being clear on that. And also, all of these come with really fun Shark Tank stories. So that's the other <laughs> the other fun part of it. And then finally, we talk about mindset. And boy, what a lesson Shark Tank was in mindset um, before, during, and after.
0: Everyone in the group loves Shark Tank, for sure. But if someone hasn't gone back and rewatched the episode that you were on, like I just did, and just wanted to see what happened, tell people about Tippy Toes. Where was it when you went on Shark Tank, and where is it now?
7: Yes. So we went on Shark Tank um, and this is back like 2011 ish. So it's been a minute. Um, We were it was just my sister and I were the only two full time employees for our company. And we had seven franchises in the United States. So today we are an international franchise brand. We have a master franchise in China. We have thirty five franchises here in the United States. Um, We have grown our corporate team. It is a very exciting time at Tipito's. Um, We are looking at even more growth. I think by the time I am with you all, I'll probably have new numbers to share. We serve thousands of kids every week and our business looks very different than it did on Shark Tank, but um, we've had a lot of growth, a lot of lessons, a lot of challenges, but we're in a really good spot. It's, It's a wonderful time to be part of Tipito's.
0: Now let's set aside the international success, a zillion franchisees, turning down Mark Cuban, all of that stuff. I want you to think back to when you're in our stage. What does this mean to you personally to see your idea and your sister's idea go that far and that high?
7: That's a really good question, Pat. I'll tell you the truth is um it means the world to me. When I started to be, as I was in college and I didn't have the parent perspective. We serve families, right? So we serve families all over the country. We we offer these super fun dance classes. And I thought it was really fun and cool. And I liked my job and that was great. And then I had kids and I realized the impact of the work that we do. And that has given me a whole new appreciation for, for what this work is all about. And I think when you run a business, it's always personal. It's, it's time away from your family. It's your, your heart and soul really out there in a, in a different kind of way because you're pouring so much into it. Um, and when you know why you're doing what you're doing, when COVID hits, when challenges hit, when, you know, employees qu- quit, whatever you, dig into that. Why am I doing this? Why is this important? And it allows you to, to really come alive and to to face adversity and to deal with whatever comes your way. So it's incredibly personal to me when people are like, it's not personal, it's business. I'm like, what's the difference? <laughs> like, I, It's all the same for me. And so it's personal. I care about the impact and it means everything to me to see where we are today. I will also say, sometimes I feel like I'm like, I don't know. I'm just still kind of do Like, I just still feel like I'm a college kid trying to figure out what to do next. I still feel that this like that to this day.
0: One way you get to where you are is by building great relationships. And it's something that we really believe in the idea collective that uh, so much. So our tagline is don't grow it alone. So can you share some of the powerful relationships that you've built to get you to where you are?
7: I think relationships are really important and I will be honest, I didn't do this very well for a lot of years. Um, for a lot of years, I was kind of in my own bubble and doing my own thing and just kept my head down and was building the business and it was great, but I have seen really incredible things come into my life, um, professionally because of how I've started to build relationships. So one of the things I did, um, I started a podcast. This is separate from my business, but I was like, I, you know, I hear a lot about personal brand. I I think I need to have a personal brand. And I was like, how am I going to do this? And I thought, okay, let me think about a podcast. And I spent really a lot of time trying to figure this out. I decided to start a podcast and I wanted to speak to the moms who've raised really successful, happy extraordinary people. So I, and I was going to, you know, I called it, who's your mama. And I wanted to talk to the moms who raised these people. So I started to reach out to people over and over and over. I got ignored so many times. I got (laughs) no, so many times, nobody wanted to talk to me. Like, what are you talking about? I sent a message to Jesse Itzler. He has started a jet, a marquee jet, Zico water. Um, he sold a business to Warren Buffett, to Coca-Cola to iFit. Um, he's done a million things and he's an incredible entrepreneur. I sent him a message and he said, yeah, you can interview my mom. And I was like, Oh my gosh, how do I do a podcast? I don't have a microphone. What am I like? As any (laughs) entrepreneur can know you like, you'll figure it out when I, I don't know. And so he said yes. And I was like, Oh gosh. Okay. Let me figure this out. And I did it. And he was like, after he heard the interview, he said, This is incredible. Never heard anything like this. And that was 2000, I want to say 19. Now he's a friend. His wife is Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx. He said, I want you to interview my mother in law. I interviewed Sarah Blakely's mom. And Sarah sent me a text afterwards Megan, this is incredible. You've got a knack for this. I love this. Um, It was also after a lot of no's and a lot of of trials of um, feeling like, I can't connect with anybody. I don't know anybody. I don't have a hook. I don't have money. My parents don't know any people. Like I didn't, you know, at the time, like I didn't have any of that, but I just kept reaching out and putting myself in front of people. And that's really priceless. You can't buy that.
0: In the Idea Collective, we believe we're building dreams, not jobs. And when we cast our keynotes for the Idea Collective retreat, we look for people just like this owner, COO of Tippy Toes, the host of a Who's Your Mama podcast, Megan Riley. I cannot wait to see you at the Idea Collective Small Business Conference in November. Thanks for joining us today.
7: Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Learn more about the conference and get your tickets at smallbizretreat.com. Thanks for listening to The Pat Miller Show.
1: See patmillershow.com for more information on today's guests, events, and the Idea Collective Small Business Community.
0: A worldwide group working together
1: to fight fear, inexperience, and isolation for small business owners everywhere. Join us next week for The Pat Miller Show. And remember get clear, work hard, and never quit.